has been my uh, tradition for many years on Palm Sunday uh, to read the uh, entire Passion narrative from the Gospel reading that is assigned uh, to that liturgical year, this year that being Mark. Um, we, we are accustomed in worship and getting our, our scripture readings in smaller uh, chunks, uh, so I think there is some kind of unique value in settling in and hearing the story in much the same way that the very earliest followers of Jesus would have heard it. In fact, we know that Mark was the first gospel written. Uh, so before there uh, was even something uh, known as the gospel of Matthew or the gospel of Luke or the gospel of John, there was the gospel of Mark. So we can take ourselves back some 2,000 years to a room full of people listening to the story as we are about to just now. And you have never heard it the way you are about to hear it. That is to say, you've never heard it with this precisely uh, uh, gathered group of people. Huh? You've never heard it on the day that Elijah was baptized. You've never heard this story after the year you have just lived through, the joys you've experienced, perhaps the losses. This is the very gospel of God. And Mark is in a bit of a hurry to tell it. Mark's gospel is the shortest as well as the oldest. And Mark has time for only those things that he thinks we need to know in order for us to believe and enter the story. So, had Mark been the only gospel recorded, we wouldn't celebrate Christmas. How about that? Because Mark thought we could go right ahead and be followers of Jesus without celebrating the birth of Jesus or having that be part of the good news. Just imagine. And Mark will end his gospel for us on Easter Sunday in the 16th chapter and the 8th verse. We'll stop just before those last 8 verses this morning. And it is breathtaking, the guts and the faith that the author of this gospel had in order to end his gospel in just such a way. So I encourage you as we settle in together to hear this gospel read uh, that uh, listening is an active exercise. It is not passive. Uh, We are not accustomed to it. We are accustomed to letting our minds drift and wander. So do your own work. Lock in and listen. As we read, uh, you will hear passages that have recently been preached upon and that will bring uh, that context to mind. But listen for what might surprise you in this hearing on this day with precisely this gathered people. This is the gospel of our Lord. Now the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread were only two days away and the chief priests and the teachers of the law were scheming to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the festival, they said, or the people may riot. While he was in Bethany reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on Jesus' head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of very expensive perfume. It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, Jesus said. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. 
The poor you will always have with you. And you can help them anytime you want. But you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priests to betray Jesus to them. They were delighted to hear this and promised to give him money, so he watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, when it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples asked him, where do you want us to go and make preparations for you to eat the Passover? So he sent two of his disciples telling them, go into the city and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. Say to the owner of the house he enters, the teacher asks, where is my guest room? where I may eat the Passover with my disciples. He will show you a large room upstairs, furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. The disciples left, went into the city, and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus arrived with the twelve. While they were reclining at the table eating, he said, Truly I tell you, One of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They were saddened, and one by one they said to Jesus, Surely you don't mean me. It is one of the twelve, Jesus replied. One who dips bread into the bowl with me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him, but woe to that one who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, this is my body. Then he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many, he said to them. Truly I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. You will all fall away, Jesus told them, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you to to Galilee. But Peter declared, even if all fall away, I will not. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, today, yes, tonight, before the rooster crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. But Peter insisted emphatically, Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the others said the same. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow 
to the point of death, he said to them, Stay here and keep watch. Going a little further, Jesus fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, Jesus said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and he found them sleeping. Simon, Jesus said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more, he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, Jesus said to to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough. The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let's go. Here comes my betrayer. Just as Jesus was speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, appeared. With him was a crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders. Now, the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Rabbi, and kissed him. The men seized Jesus and arrested him. Then one of those standing near drew his sword and struck the high high priest, servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Am I leading a rebellion, Jesus asked, that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I was with you, teaching in the temple courts, and you did not arrest me. But scripture must be fulfilled. Then everyone deserted Jesus and fled. A young man, wearing nothing but a linen garment, was following Jesus. When they seized him, he fled naked, leaving his garment behind. They took Jesus to the high priest, and all the chief priests, the elders, and the teachers of the law came together. Peter followed at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest. And there Peter sat with the guards and warmed himself at the fire. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death, but they did not find any. Many testified falsely against him, but their statements did not agree. Then some stood up and gave this false testimony against Jesus. We heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with human hands, and in three days we'll build another not made with human hands. Yet even then their testimony did not agree. Then the high priest stood up before them and asked Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent and gave no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? I am, 
said Jesus. And you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. The high priest tore his clothes. Why do we need any more witnesses, he asked. You've heard this blasphemy. What do you think? They all condemned Jesus as worthy of death. And then some spit on him and they blindfolded him and struck him with their fists and said, prophesy. And and the guards took him and beat him. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. You also were with that Nazarene Jesus, she said. But Peter denied it. I don't know what, I don't know or understand what you're talking about, he said, and he went out into the entryway. And when the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those standing around, this fellow is one of them. And again he denied it. After a little while, those standing near said to Peter, Surely you are one of them, for you're a Galilean. Peter began to call down curses, and he swore to them, I don't know this man you're talking about. And immediately, the rooster crowed the second time. And Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him before the rooster crows. Twice you will disown me three times. And Peter broke down and wept. Very early in the morning, the chief priests with the elders, the teachers of the law, and the whole Sanhedrin made their plans. So they bound Jesus, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. Are you the king of the Jews? Pilate asked. You have said so, Jesus replied. The chief priests accused him of many things. So again Pilate asked him, aren't you going to answer? See how many things they are accusing you of? But Jesus still made no reply. Pilate was amazed. Now it was the custom at the festival to release a prisoner whom the people requested. A man called Barabbas was in prison with the insurrectionists who had committed murder in the uprising. The crowd came up and asked Pilate to do for them what he usually did. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews, Pilate asked. Knowing was out of self-interest that the chief priest had handed Jesus over to him, but the chief priest stirred up the crowd to have Pilate release Barabbas instead. What shall I do then with the one you call the king of the Jews? Pilate asked. Crucify him, they shouted. Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. The soldiers led Jesus away into the palace, that is the praetorium, and called together the whole company of soldiers. They put a purple robe on Jesus, then twisted together a crown of thorns and set that on him. And they begin to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews! Again and again they struck Jesus on the head with a staff and they 
spit on him. Falling to their knees, they paid homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him. They led him out to crucify him. A certain man named Siren uh, from Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing on his way from the country. And they forced him to help carry the cross. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but Jesus did not take it. And they crucified him. Dividing up his clothes, they cast lots to see what each would get. It was nine in the morning when they crucified Jesus. The written notice of the charge against him read, King of the Jews. They crucified two rebels with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at Jesus, shaking their heads and saying, So, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked Jesus among themselves. Well, he saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down from the cross that we may see and believe. Those crucified with Jesus also heaped insults upon him. The congregation may rise. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, listen, he's calling for Elijah. Someone ran and filled a sponge with wine vinegar and put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the Son of God. Some women were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and the younger and of Joseph, and Salome. In Galilee, these women had followed him and cared for his needs. Many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem were also there. It was preparation day. That is, the day before Sabbath. So as evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised to hear that Jesus was already dead. 
Summoning the centurion, he asked him if Jesus had already died. When he learned from the centurion that it was so, he gave the body to Joseph. So Joseph bought some linen cloth, took down the body, wrapped it in the linen, and placed it in a tomb cut out of rock. Then he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph saw where Jesus was laid.